Marketing Money Podcast. Here we are. Today, this is what? This is our eighth episode? I don't know. It's Did a lot of episodes. Did you not bring me a present for our eighth episode? Uh, it's actually our tenth episode. Is it the plastic well, Okay, for those of you at home that are being annoyed by Mr. Mabus, I'm going to go ahead and get this started. This is John Oxford with Marketing Money Podcast, also an employee of Renaissance Corporation. Uh, and I'm here with Josh Mabus of the Mabus Agency. It may be delirious or may not be. But anyway, this is marketingmoneypodcast.com. And we're going to get rolling today talking about in-branch advertising and the experience of the customer for all of you financial services that still have branches out there, the ones that still have to do branching. Let's talk a little bit about them, their branches. Yeah, in-branch. So that um, is the fancy word for getting overcharged for posters. Is that what? I think so. The words like big data, social media, millennials, whatever, there's always these key words that pop up from consultants year after year. I think there's somewhere they, that we always speak of they, whomever they are. They sayers. The, the they sayers, they meet and they say, what's going to be the word of the year that we can sell a bunch of stuff behind? And they get in a, some conference somewhere where the they sayers meet and they come back with a buzzword that bankers can't figure out. And so they pay them to buy the things and the and the stuff, is the things and stuff. I think I quit this podcast and I'm going to be one of those guys. I, I want to be one of those guys too, but... The two words, actually. Buzzwords that everybody came out with a couple, couple few years ago, as they say, that they say or say, is the client journey. <laughs> what is the client journey? I think Is that from the, the distance between the door to the teller row? I mean... Or maybe it's the distance between your thumb and the transfer button inside the banking app. Right. But my point on that is, it what it is and still was, what's the client journey for your client? What's it like to be your client? And then they send shoppers in, and the shoppers give a report that you don't have enough posters, and you don't have this, and somebody didn't do that. And so then you get back and go, oh, you had a mistake with your client journey. And here's the part I always look at these guys and say, the client journey is different for every client. Yeah, and and every branch and every mix and every type of bank. I mean, obviously there are core best practices. And and I'll tell you this, just right off the bat, the core best practice for in-branch marketing, because we're, not, we're talking about in-branch advertising, but I'm a marketing guy, so I want to talk about the market. That's the marketplace. To have a transaction, there has to be a product or service, there has to be a consumer, and there has to be a seller. So the marketplace is where all that happens. The conducting of commerce. That's That's what a market is. And, you know, in the micro example, it's this branch. We're talking about in-branch. It's I can do my banking without a lot of hassle. And I see some things like these kiosks, and I'm sorry if you have kiosks. I'm not a kiosk guy personally. And for some people, that complicates their life. And for some people, it advances their life. So there is no cookie-cutter consumer. But the core part of it is is whatever you're going to do, make the consumer's life easier. We get so caught up in what we do in bank marketing that we think banking is the center of of some people's thoughts because it's the center of our thoughts. When the bank, for most consumers, unless you're doing a better job than us and we'll hand the baton over to you to do the podcast, I guess, is a peripheral 
service to their life. It's they don't get up that morning looking to go deposit a, a check. They don't want to go to the bank. I mean, and your your millennial, they go to open the account and they they never see the bank again. I mean, they all say they like a bank, they want a location, but after they open the account, they go maybe once or twice a year and it's for something odd, like they had a bunch of change they needed rolled or something. Yeah. I mean, it's not a usage, it's not not a usage so, so, medium for them. So what do we do in there? You know, in client journey, look, picking on those guys and all, all jokes aside, creating jargon, it's, it's brand to, to, to get a conversation. It is. It's, it's culture and brand. Is every transaction has a narrative and has a journey. I mean, we have to bring you from being interested, aware, or we have to bring you from being aware to being interested, to engaging, to all of this. And yes, you need touch points through there. And, and we have these branches, they're not going away, and we have walls. Four walls marketing is another word for this. What are we showing people when we're there? Like I said, we own the walls, we have the space to, to communicate with people, so why not is my take on it. I can talk out of both sides of my mouth on this, or as the uh, cliche say, on the other hand, I wish I could cut off his hand so you could have <laughs> just one opinion. But I get both opinions. Is you see some banks, and they t- try to turn their branch into a coffee shop. Star- the rise of Starbucks 15 years ago, and the kind of cool atmosphere playing some music, and you got a coffee barista in the backside that might be a teller too. And, and so you've got this different kind of cultural feel that frankly, I think in community banks, bank markets, it would almost weird out the customer because they would walk in and go, what is this? I don't know what to do. You versus have an expectation yeah, as a consumer. And you're used to going to a bank, like as you did as a child with your parent when you randomly went in. So you walk in and you think, I'm supposed to either do two things. I go get in a teller line or I go over here and sit at a desk and someone does something more than just a simple transaction for me. And then banks have started not only doing the the coffee counter kind of almost library free Wi-Fi type deal, and the other one is where they've got a concierge. That's another. It's it's not a buzzword. It's been around forever, but a concierge service where the person you don't sit when they walk around and help you. And I think number one that might freak some people out. Some people love it. They think this is great. Someone's up on their feet helping me. Others are like, why is this person coming towards me? And then they're like, I'm not comfortable saying I don't want to sit. I want to sit down because I've got work to do. Well, regardless of innovation. There's still some just tropes that we that we adhere to. As you said, you go to the bank with your parent as a child. I mean, I remember this kind of being a ritual with us. If we'd go to the, the bank and then we would walk down to the in our in our small town, you would walk down and pay your water bill, you would walk down and pay your electric bill. It was this kind of just And they'd give you thing. a sucker and say, yeah. Oh, beautiful little kid, it, how's your family? You'd walk into the department yeah. store and you know, I'm I'm thirty six, so this isn't like you know, I'm talking about some 1965 experience. Now, small town is, you know, sometimes brings you, it doesn't advance that much. But the point is it's ingrained in you. And what you need to understand, no matter what you're doing, if you want to innovate the customer experience, I love the idea of coffee shops and banks. I love the idea in theory. But the thing is, it's where you're going to conduct business. If you go to a coffee bar type table, do you really want to talk about this loan you're about to take out on a, on a building or your personal finances? Uh, so understand that there are paradigms in our own minds that you have to overcome when you do that. You can't just make it and then everybody just understands how awesome it is and how better it is. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the time that they took George Herbert Walker Bush, if that's it, the, the first the first Bush president, as he was president to a grocery store when they were doing the self-service checkouts, and he looked at it, because obviously that guy's very insulated from ever going to the grocery store. Yeah, at that point in his career. In his career, but they it was... 
it's supposed to be a photo op, and he's looking at this thing. He's going, I don't know what that is. And it's kind of, it's the way I think, too, is especially with an older demographic, they walk in and they see an iPad kiosk or they see some person walking towards them with an iPad on a on their hand or a Surface Pro or whatever it is, and they're walking up to and they're going, I don't know what this is. I either go get in line or I go over here and sit down. And those are the, that's my customer journey. When I say my, I'm not talking about John here. I'm talking about that customers. And so when we talk about customer journey, Let's talk about, or client journey, however you want to say it. It's their journey. It's not yours. It's not what you, I mean, you know, I want to walk in with a bank of televisions that follow them with an ad that looks at them, and then they go over here, and they get a cup of coffee, and then they're standing around listening to music, and they look real cool, and they open up their phone, and then they go do, sounds cool, really? If I can get them in and get them out? That's probably what makes them happiest. Yep. I mean, you know, life is a journey, not a destination, but this customer journey we're talking about can only be judged by the feeling they have at the end of the transaction. It's it's not the journey. It's how do I feel? Did I feel? Do I feel happy and rewarded? Uh, you know, there's a um, Japanese decoration, um, decorating your home kind of mindset. Feng shui. It, it's not that, but it's um, you know you hold an item in your hands and if it gives you joy it stays in your home and if it does not give you joy you throw it away maybe that is feng shui i don't know i could have looked it up before i brought it up but it's a thing i don't even know if that's japanese it is or something (laughs) but here's the thing is did that experience bring you joy while you were there was it rewarding was it was it happy and you know was it at least least satisfactory right and here's the thing is I, i say this over and over um when people are confused or where there's a chance for confusion, people will be confused. And when people are confused, they'll tune out. So what you said earlier about I walk into this thing that's weird and just being, where do I go? What do I do? And you make me very uncomfortable when I don't know how to interact with that self-serve kiosk. Or I don't know how to – I'm not a people person, so that person walking from behind the counter, that's never happened at a bank before. Well, and people are often uncomfortable walking in a bank. Let's don't forget that because – I've got to talk about an overdraft I had, or I've got to talk about getting a loan and I don't know if the bank's going to approve it, or I'm going in here and I've got to do, I've got a sack full of cash and someone's going to rob me. I know that sounds extreme, but I'm not that customer in that situation. They may not be comfortable anyway. And then you walk them into something and they're going, I'm not really familiar with this and it looks cool, but I don't know what to do. And just understanding that, understanding that it might be like that, that just because it feels cool to you who lives in a bank and works in a bank every day, we have to separate ourselves from that and understand that this consumer goes to an entirely different place. And those experiences that are rewarding for for that that consumer in another place, like a baseball game, well, you're not going to put a baseball game in the middle of a a bank. That's weird, right? Well, sometimes doing this other stuff – could be as well. So let's bring this back to what we started out, and personally my fault for leading this way, but client journey for every client is different. Uh, I mentioned earlier the millennial will say, and every survey we've done with them says, oh, I like my branch. I love my branch. I want a branch. And then they, you look at their transactions of walking in a branch. They've gone in twice or three times a year, and their customer journey is conducted on a phone or online or mobile. Uh, and one of the three is the majority of theirs and a lot of Gen Xers and going forward. So let's take the digital and that client journey out, and let's talk about in-branch in general. So my first problem is you walk in a bank, and I, I don't know that we can even fix this. There is too much signage, and I'm not talking about 
your marketing signs. I'm talking about it's member FDIC, it's deposit hours, it's operational hours, it's don't smoke, don't go to this bathroom, stand in line, don't make a noise, don't do, do, don't stop, do. And it's just everywhere when you walk in, it's a bunch of instructions of what not to do. Well, especially even these necessary signs, I completely understood, understand them. The no hat, sunglasses, hoodies thing. I know why they're there. I do. You're protecting me. You're protecting my money. But just think about what that, how that impacts the consumer when they walk in. And let's say you do see somebody with a ball cap on. Well, are they supposed to have their cap on? I mean, what's going on? But I know him. That's Johnny. Yeah, he's and nobody, a good guy. And you know, it, it's it's um, it gets into that category of of weird. And um, you know, the the thing I would add to this is there are three opportunities you have when somebody visits a, a bank, a bank branch. They can either be overwhelmed, positive, they could be underwhelmed, negative, or they could just be what I call whelmed. It doesn't have a, there is no whelmed. I but, went in, I cashed a check, I turned around and walked out. It was it was what it was. And, and, you know, we're all chasing word of mouth in this advertising realm. And the times that people talk is when they're overwhelmed, when it was just such a great experience. They knew my name. That's one. That's especially in your community makes you walk in. Absolutely, the teller said, "Hello, Mr. Oxford. How are you today? How's your family?" Or on the negative side, they what's talk, your number? They, they talk about the negative is when you know they talk about when when it's an overwhelmingly ne- negative or they're they're underwhelmed in their experience. I've been in there ten times this year and they don't even know my name, which hopefully everybody's chuckling a little bit at that because you see ten, 10 times 000, over two hundred twenty yeah, days, you see a ton of customers and they think. But again, that's their customer journey. Yep, that's them. And understanding, you know, the word that we're talking about here is egocentrism, that the concentration on self. And we all have it. I don't care how well-adjusted and whatever that you are. We all are we're thinking about the next errand we've got to run, how quickly we got to get back. I've got to go still pick up a sandwich before I get back to the office, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're in ourself. And this, this journey needs to match or at least not interrupt that that egocentric portion. Is it sad to say that, well, surveys would tell me this, but uh, your consultants and your bank designers and your marketers that sell stuff would probably argue against it, but people in general, again, I don't like absolutes, but in general walk in a bank and their mindset is not, how long can I spend in here? How long can I get coffee and use the free Wi-Fi and play Pokemon Go and look at somebody and talk to them? I mean, it's not a hangout spot. This is not the the bar or the coffee shop or the, the, the club. This is a bank. And most people, as I've said before, go in there for three things. Make a transaction, open an account, or close an account. And all three of those they want to do as fast as possible. And the, the proof in that is they do it on their phone now. So customer journey, I, I'm walking in. I think banks make mistake when they try to create products or a journey that keeps the consumer in the bank. And the reason I say that is it's not a retail establishment to where you keep me in there. I'm at CVS. I might see a pack of gum or I might see something, yeah. some yeah, sunscreen. I mean, oh, I need this. It's not a retail package product. So to me, the and this is me speaking the, the best customer journey and in-branch experience is the quickest one. And, and that's it. And, you know, so in the retail side, you know, we have merchandising, we have planograms, we have store layouts. So we know that if you're in this retail store, if you're there three more minutes, you're X percent more likely to spend X percent more dollars. That is a retail experience. I know we talk about retail banking and all that. 
But that's not the same thing. A bank is a bank. That's why this is a bank podcast. This isn't a general marketing podcast. We're talking to bankers because they are banks are separate entities. People behave differently there. And I can't definitively say that somebody would make a mistake by trying to keep somebody in a branch longer. But I think if you're going to adhere to that type of retail merchandising mindset, then you have to merchandise your bank. I mean, you have to you have to eat that whole thing and 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 go full bore into it. You can't have a traditional built-in 1880 bank branch in a downtown area. Telero, with three desk, two conference room, and then try to turn it into a retail thing because yeah. it's not built that way. It's not. It it looks like a bank. It smells like a bank. Probably literally. Well, and people expect it to be a bank. And people expect it to be a bank. So when you start trying to um, turn the screws on that. Um, on that to make it a more retail experience, which we've talked about or we hear about in the industry, and you wonder why it might not work or might not be as successful. I'm not saying it won't work, but don't be surprised if it doesn't because you're in a bank branch. A, a department store looks like a department store, and so those rules apply there, but a bank looks like a bank. So we've got the the idea that really do your research on your customer. I mean, if you live in a... a I don't know why I'm thinking like a Seattle and you're downtown in a hip neighborhood, you might can get away with the cool coffee shop and the, the indie music and having someone playing music in the corner. And, or there and, might already be 10 on four block on four street corners and they don't need another coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you could get away with just having a, 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 a teller that, yeah, you know, futuristic teller and get the whole branch done and save money. And it's just talks to them and they do their stuff virtually. So, right. Yeah. I mean, but, but if you're in, um, you know, a retirement community and everybody's 60 plus, you probably don't need to do the iPad banking. I mean, you know, you, you said that about um, the first President Bush, the um, local retail, I mean, wholesale grocer installed self service checkout and social media was ablaze. Uh, here in in town, like uh, you're taking away the customer service and blah blah blah. It was the same people that were complaining a week ahead that the lines were too long at checkout. Yeah. So it's it's which one do you every want? Every customer journey is different. So a few things about the M branch because we haven't specifically spoken about that. Uh, some of my opinion is don't, and I think these will be uh, very self evident uh, to you is clutter watch your clutter watch the brochure count and just the stack of stuff that we as branches seem to accumulate and no one knows to clean up or to throw away because of compliance and they they think they need this sign but they don't need this sign and is it updated and is it the right one and i don't know so i'm just gonna leave all two uh, two or three of them out and then i've got a stack of brochures over here that are outdated but i can't get rid of them because i don't know the new ones are ready yet and then i've got Last year's posters behind this year's posters, and it's just... I think the core of this is really what we're getting at is on that, no one takes action because no one owns it. And I think a very important thing is to have someone own that responsibility. If there is a singular person, or if you're a larger branch or larger bank system, multiple people who can go into a branch, do a visit, and understand what should be up. There's got to be somebody who has that responsibility who can make that decision. Um, again, you brought it up earlier. We're already fighting the clutter with, with, with necessary compliance posters. I mean, they're already there. We can't get around those. Oh, don't skateboard, don't smoke, don't... Yeah, we already have those. Whatever. And now if we want to put just a, a rack of brochures, then, then we're busy. And then if we want to put up a poster, then we're busy. So somebody knowing 
um, I've, as you've seen, is just a wall where every version for the last 10 years has been posted because no one, somebody got that compliance poster in the mail and they knew I had to put it up, but the instructions were not there of which one to take down. Yep. Uh, so you've got that. Uh, I choose, and again, it's more expensive, but I choose digital over posters. If I can put a TV vertically or TVs behind it, we talked a little about digital signage in a previous podcast, but one thing that annoys me when I go into some of our banks, and we've, we've started to crack this in other banks, is whomever decided, and we're an old bank, we're 112 years old, but whomever decided to lay out the teller row decided that they needed, you know, um, cupboard cabinet type shelving behind the tellers and to me that's your the only time people are waiting on their feet is when they're in the teller line and that's their sight line and they're staring at mahogany uh, not even something that nice they're just staring Some, at, but yeah they're staring at a cabinet a medicine cabinet across the back that has a bunch of forms in it and and whatever well, mo- most of them are empty now as we try to get a that's funny we looked at them and they're empty because stuff's gone digital they don't need as now they do e-sign and stuff like that so they don't need all these uh, storage space, and I'm sitting there going, did no one think to put a television or even a poster or just mm-hmm. you know a big something poster, that- a big wrap around it, but something that gives a customer an idea, a marketing message, or just a happy image uh, versus I'm just staring at a cabinet and you know nowadays they're looking out their phone. Well, then you can catch them with geofencing and, and push alerts and other things you can do within your compliance. But in branch, I always choose TVs. And here's the thing. People say, oh, expensive. The expense is not the dollars, it's the cost of the message because a lot of employees won't take the time to change the posters because they're three states over in another branch and, and they don't they don't want to climb up on a ladder and pull the poster down. Boy, if they pop a jump drive in or if you have a, a player where you can remotely change the message, it's it's actually less cost. Well, it's a capital expense too. I mean, I don't know how you know everybody's budget would be set up, but you can capitalize you know, you can get it on the inventory by fixed asset. I don't know who's, you know, that's something we marketers don't like to get into talking about is the the actual finance side of it. But it's something that you can put a thousand posters on and, uh, you know, you can cost that out that way. It's better messaging. And to our point we've said before, it makes you look, well, people expect it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go into McDonald's and the menu changes. Yeah, you know, you're at the airport. The flights change. Well, there are two paradigms. Either they, either you're in a market where you expect to see it, or you're in a small market where you can impress them, and you're impressive. Yeah, you're impressive. Uh, what other things about Embranch would you like to touch on? Well, I mean, know your customer. You know, we've gone there, but the other one is know your products. If you're trying to sell a product to a customer that's already in your branch, hopefully you are listening to this and thinking, well, of course. But I've seen enough of this where I feel like I have to say it. You know, look at those sticky services. Look at those things that you can add. Look at, you know, moving them to e-statements. Think about your messaging and your product of something that benefits the consumer that that you should advertise at the place that they are. Make sure that you're advertising a, a benefit to them at their stage. What do you think about the the concierge, the person that stands there and kind of walks you to a section versus the the old Tellero three desk kind of setup? I guess it depends on the market and your customer. It, it depends on the market and the customer. I mean, if you're going to do that, I'd rather you just come to my office and get my, my checks. But that would be amazing and weird. I could get used to that quicker than, you know, somebody telling me to go where I already know where to go. But And there are some banks that do that that, that idea I just uh, mentioned. You know, I, I, I can't venture a guess. I mean, if you're a service bank, 
Yes, but you better be a service bank if you're doing that. You can't just have that person there but not deliver service in other areas. And again, you know, the, the thing I would say around all this is when you look to make these big shift sea changes in the way you do business, we're on a 30-minute podcast, so we're talking about huge shifts to put in a barista in a coffee shop. Consider the outcome and, and, and consider the implications and that you're still a bank. And if you're going to bite into that, you got to bite all the way in. Again, if you're going to have this concierge, then you have to deliver the rest of it in service. You you have to. Well, and you may end up with things like FDA compliance and totally different areas, you know, restaurant. Yeah, who wants but, more you know, the, the, more oversight? Yeah, because you, you didn't have your dishwasher. food. Else. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have your dishwasher hot enough. You're like, well, holy cow, I've got. I didn't think about that. I'm cashing checks. I'm making transactions. So you can walk in, you can tiptoe into an area that might not be right for your brand or business. With, and with great culture. intentions, yeah. but still. InBranch is an interesting item. There's plenty of articles out there that talk about three different sizes of branches. One is the large full service. The other is kind of the the smaller toned down. We have three people and it's just very transactional. And then there's the virtual teller style where you've just gone to, well, in mobile. So you've got very different branch experiences. But I think when it comes to InBranch, what we can sum up from this is do your research and know where you are in your market. It may not need to be cool. It may look cool because you saw it at a convention or you heard about it or a consultant told you about it. Is it really going to generate revenue? And sometimes it might. A refresh might completely make everyone think this is the coolest thing. It might just be, oh, now I don't know that I'm in a bank anymore. So do your research. Know your market. Uh, and know, know that, who you are. Yes. You know, Subway, Subway is one of the best at reminding you where you are. The Subway logo's on the door. It's above the sandwich counter. It's on uh, the glass on the sandwich thing. It's on your straw wrapper. It's on the, the wrapper of... The, you you leave a subway and you have a even your bag of trash is branded with that subway. Now, are you that level of retail where you do put the brand behind Teller Row and you do have the brand everywhere? Or maybe you're a more serious and conservative bank. Not only understanding your customer, but understanding who you are and what you have. So understanding who you are, what you have, and who your customer is, very important. Again, these are our opinions. I prefer digital over static posters, although there's nothing wrong with static posters. We have them all over our branches, too. Uh, but again, if you can control it, easier than just mailing it out and expecting a branch person to do that. Uh, also, one key advice is put someone in every location in charge, one person, and it is their job. They're not the marketer, but they're sort of the executioner. For lack of a better way of saying it, their job is, yeah, when something happens, they're supposed to look at the signage, look at the compliance, make sure that works. Deputize some people. Visit your branches yourself and not, put it this way, visit your branches and look for things that the people working there every day don't notice and don't see and go into it as a client, walk through, do a a teletransaction, go over to a desk, look at how it feels. Don't expect the, the folks working there to see that because they walk in the back entrance and they go to their spot. And it's not only things that they might see, they might actually be contributing to this. There is a, a situation walked into a location and um, with all good intentions, someone had a fundraiser bucket out. Not a good thing optics wise for a bank anyway. Here, drop some money in to help cousin Jimmy. Well, it turns out that cousin Jimmy had been in a car wreck. Not a problem other than the picture of Cousin Jimmy in the hospital after the car wreck was very gruesome. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't something that you want in the bank. So you're right there on Teller Row. You look at it. Cousin Jimmy messed up from the car wreck. Donate. 
and no one at the branch thought anything about it. And so it's a very um, touchy kind of subject to broach, but hey, please take this down. So I mean, it, it uh, you know, I, I see um, circumstances like this every day where people, it, you say they don't think or whatever you could say. I mean, there you go. It's the egocentrism, centrism, whatever the word is. They're thinking about themselves and their cousin. And boy, wouldn't it help somebody if I show this mangled picture? But I'm walking in there, client Joe over here, and all I want to do is cash a check and grab a cup of coffee if that's what we do. Or I just want to walk in here and and get out. And also now I've got to look at this. And I'm like, why is this being forced to me? Plus the fact that still in some areas money is still an uncomfortable thing. I don't need to walk in with a with a bunch of money. I just got out of my vending machine I own at my business to cash. And also I'm thinking, well now I've got to give it here and do I do it there? And so it's it creates an uncomfortable atmosphere that while it's full of good intentions, that's not the, quote, client journey you want to yeah. portray. And how we handled that was, you know, the location gives some money to the person and we don't need the bucket. Yeah, and move on. Uh, so to wrap up today, again, client journey is the buzzword, but when it comes to in-branch, use digital as you can, know your customer, know where you are, know your market, do research. I know these are simple th- simple things we say, but you it's funny how much people skip over this and thinking they need to have a big branch because the competition does, or they have to have a cool little branch because the one down the street did, when really there's no revenue to be gained from it other than just the, uh, the PR of it. Uh, walk around, check out your branch, put some fresh eyes on it, hire someone to look at it and give you some fresh eyes on it. Uh, and finally, be conscious of your signage and keep it updated and make it look good and get rid of the clutter. For Marketing Money Podcast, this is John Oxford with Josh Mabus, and we are out. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mabus Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.